Welcome everybody to another episode of Be Brown Bag. Tonight we have Greg Bates and he's going to tell us about how to use Power BI to manage and report on your infrastructure. So quick notes, this is something that we do every episode. We want to tell you a little bit about Be Brown Bag. Uh, we're um, basically a channel that is focused on helping others learn and we try to get hosts to teach others and we basically put it on YouTube for free. So if you ever want to present for Be Brown Bag, please reach out to us. We have several Twitter handles. Uh, obviously the, the biggest one is just at the Brown Bag, but we have chapters in Latin America in Spanish, EMEA for people that are in, in Europe that are on that time zone, and we even have Portuguese with Be Brown Bag Brazil. We all share the hashtag, hashtag Be Brown Bag. So you can also send questions there, and we'll, I'll be monitoring that today for any questions that anybody has, or just general questions on past episodes. So tonight, I want to introduce you to Greg Bates at PenceRule82. We'd love a little background on what that Twitter handle is. I am your host, Ariel Sanchez, at Ariel Sanchez Moore, and I'm going to stop my share and let Greg take over. Thanks, Ariel. Yeah. Um... So I'll just uh, share my screen here. All right. Um, yeah, so uh, to answer your first question, Ariel, uh, the, the Twitter handle, it's uh, sort of a, a handle I've been using for email uh, for quite a long time. Just transmitted it to Twitter. It, uh, I am a huge Penguin fan. Uh, whenever I made this handle, my favorite player was number 82. Um, I'll, uh, I'll let uh, any Penguin fans out there try to figure that one out. <laughs> so a little simpler uh, answer. So as Ariel said, my name is Greg Bates. I am a server technology manager. He already pointed out my Twitter handle. You can get me, you can reach me on there. I also have a blog, vgregbates.com. Uh, I have uh, posted about this um, particular uh, subject uh, on there. Um, um, Ariel asked me to go into a little more depth and uh, show a little demo uh, uh, about this. Uh, so uh, here, here we are. Um, this is uh, not much practice on this particular presentation, so I apologize. But we'll give it a go since I do love the uh, technology and uh, uh, so I should be able to talk pretty, pretty good on this. It, it would not be a big brown bag if some snag, if we didn't hit some snag. So rest assured, you're fine. Okay. Well, you're probably also going to hear some cats and dogs. Uh, they're, uh, I got the kids to go to the rooms, but the cats and dogs are suddenly deciding, hey, I'm going to hang out with you tonight. So that'll be nice and fun. All right. So quick agenda, because that's what you need. Who am I? Pain points. Uh, we'll, we'll go into why I uh, went down this route. Uh, we'll, we'll cover a little bit of what Power BI is in case you're not, uh, not as familiar with it. Um, I'll, I'll kind of walk you through the first couple steps of uh, some cool things you can do with uh, Power BI. Um, kind of go over what the results are, and then I'll, then I'll pop over to, the, uh, to, to my actual page uh, and show you what, what I've done with it. So who am I? I am a uh, server team manager, work for Reed Smith, a uh, big law firm. I'm not far removed from an engineer architect. Uh, so you'll, you'll see me, I, I, I kind of um, blend that line a little bit. I love analytics, I like uh, data, I like reports, uh, but I still love the architecture and the engineering. So uh, some relevant information about, about us. Uh, we are a VMware shop, obviously. Um, you know, 99%, pretty much all virtualized. We also have uh, SRM and, and obviously uh, VROPS. Um, we are also Windows. Uh, we mostly uh, just build the servers, standardize them, configure them, uh, do agent installs, that sort of thing. Uh, we also are in charge of hardware server infrastructure, um, specifically UCS and HPE. Um, we are also in charge of some security pieces, uh, specifically managing the patching environment uh, and uh, configuration. And of course, uh, business continuity and the uh, most popular other duties as assigned. Now, we, we got a guess from the, 
from the chat. Was it Marty Straka? No? For Pens Rule 82? I don't know where my chat is. Uh, if you scroll down, you probably see it. Oh, there it is. It's in the more category. Yeah, it won't show up for me because of the way I have the uh, presentation up. No worries. We'll take it to Twitter. All right. <laughs> I'll come back to that. So where was I? Oh, yeah. So uh, why, why am I here? Uh, you know, well, what what would cause me to go down this route? Why why did I take to a Power BI? So let's uh, let's start here with a couple a uh, couple big things. Um, stop me if you heard this before. Inventory control. So we had uh, we we have we I guess our inventory asset management for servers was a manually inputted server spreadsheet with Excel. Uh, real simple, uh, you know, I'm sure you've all seen it. I'm sure you've all had one at some point. Uh, we didn't have anything dynamic, nothing automatic. Um, you know, we didn't, nobody wanted to pony up for anything like that. It started to become a real problem when you, you know, when you get as many servers as we did. We're not an enterprise. We're not, you know, we're not a huge company, but we're not small either. Um, it started to get out of hand. Uh, when you have a manual spreadsheet, uh, you know, things are inherently missing. Assets, data is inaccurate. Let's say we build a VM that has uh, two CPUs and four gigs of memory in it. Um, next week, they decided, oh, that wasn't enough. Up that to four CPUs and eight gigs of memory. And we do that. And does anybody go back and update that information? Probably not. So some of it's good, some of it's not. When you input things manually, the assumption is, it's never 100%. So I was looking for sort of a solution there, cheap solution. Another one is uh, time-consuming reports. Um, we have a lot of data points. We have a lot of uh, cool applications that, that, that have a lot of good information in it. But the reports, I like to give personal reports. I like reports to mean something. So if our security set team says, hey, can you send me a report on all the servers that don't have, that aren't up-to-date patching? Sure, that's easy. You go into your patching database uh, and pull a report, but what does it include? It has a server name. What does that server name mean? What, what do these servers do? Who owns these servers? Who's in charge of them? In order to get that information, you have to personalize it. You have to take the information from, like, say, our server list and server spreadsheet, and then you got to combine the two. So then you're spending a couple hours kind of putting the personal data in there, putting the uh, owners of the stuff, and then kind of sending the information off that way. That took up a lot of my time, especially when we have a lot of different uh, data points. So... Let's take a look at what we have, uh, at least for this example. As I said, uh, we have a custom spreadsheet uh, in Excel. It's a manual entry. The data is not in any way dynamic and, as I said, sort of inaccurate. Well, you know, we also have VROPS. Uh, VROPS is uh, a great product. Uh, it has all the VMware stuff, but only the VMware stuff. Um, you know, it, it is dynamic, it updates uh, the compute information, the metrics, the, you know, the, all that stuff. But it's not custom. You know, I can pull a report of all of our servers and all of our compute resources, but it's just servers, right? You know, we, don't, we can't say everybody on our desktop team, or, you know, here's all the servers from our desktop team owns, and here's all the compute resources. It, you just can't really get that unless you have some other way of putting that into VROPS, which is possible, but a little time consuming. What else do we have? A patching database, you know, and that same thing. It's a Windows base, so, you know, it has all of our Windows servers in it, um, but it has server names, not necessarily, um, you know, personal in any way. Uh, good information, also not as, uh, not great usefulness. And then uh, we also have Active Directory. And as I said, you know what Active Directory is. So 
take a step back here. Um, what is Power BI? If you're not familiar with it, uh, kind of give you a little rundown. If you are, that's good. You probably, you probably get this already. You know where I'm going. So by definition, it's a business analytics service by Microsoft that provides interactive visualizations. Okay, so what does it do? What can you do with it? Uh, so in this case, it, it has the ability to pull in data from multiple services and it does it online. So if the data is available on your network, it'll go get it uh, whenever you want it to. So it can pull in Excel files, it can pull in CSV files, it can pull in SQL database information and Active Directory. Uh, and a whole lot of other data sources that I don't even know. Uh, you can go look, uh, look it up and uh, you can see the whole list. If it's a Microsoft program, most likely it can do it. And it can do a whole lot of other stuff too. I'm only familiar with the ones I've dealt with so far. What else? Yeah, it, it can shape the data. So, um, you know, a little piece called Power Query, uh, as it pulls the data in, it will kind of manipulate the data to make it useful to you in the way you want it. Um, and that's, that's really powerful. Um, so it takes the data, as long as the data structure is the same every time, it'll do the same things to the data to make it usable and present it to you uh, in your visualizations and all that. Um, that's good. I'll, I'll go into a little more detail about that. So it also has the ability to link the data together. Um, so you're taking data from different sources and now you're making it all one data spreadsheet basically. The, uh, and you, by using some common data points, right? Um, that's another thing I'll kind of touch on here in a minute. And then finally, what does it do? It, well, it presents it. Uh, it's interactive. You click on things, it does things, you know, interactive filters. So if you need a report that you go and do, you know, run very often, you can set it up to do that with the filters that you want when you need it. Uh, so that's what we'll, uh, we'll end up seeing here. So now let's take another look at our data that I talked about earlier. So we have a custom spreadsheet, right? What does the data have? Well, what is important to us? So it has a server name. We, we, we know server names, everybody knows the server names, right? Um, it has a description. What does the server do? Um, what, is it, what is it about? What kind of server is it? Um, so that's, that, that's important. Uh, who's the owner? Who, which application team, uh, which, which team is, is responsible for this server? So that's sort of custom information for our business, right? Uh, good stuff to have. We also have VROPS. Um, you know, I, hopefully you know what VROPS is at this point. It has a server name, it has compute resources, it has uh, versioning information, ESX version, tools and version, power state, whatever information it can get from the VMware infrastructure, it has. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot there. Um, I found some stuff in there I never expected to find. Um, it's good stuff. Uh, so what, what else we got? Patching database, uh, got a server name, you get the patching status, uh, applications installed, because it's configuration manager database too. So, you know, typical stuff, good stuff, very useful. Um, Active Directory, so same, same thing, another server name. It uh, has OU location where the server might be uh, located, which could potentially have, I don't know, group policy uh, information in there as well, which kind of controls our configuration. So you're seeing a little bit of a common thread here um, between the data sets, uh, at least in my environment, uh, you know, everything had, you know, it has data, but it also has a server name. So I can kind of use that, right? Um, you know, with the Power BI. So I'll uh, go into a little more detail how we work that out, but you know, that, that, that's the key part here. So sort of getting started, right? What do we do? Well, first step done. We identify the data sources. What do we want? This is a dynamic data. This is stuff that's online, that's always available. It gets changed by somebody or something. Um, it automatically updates, right? It's, it's always there available. Uh, so in this case, it's our server list, our VROPs, our patch database Active Directory. Uh, so now we got to import that. We have to take a, a brand new Power BI, um, and then we got to get the data into it. 
Um, like I said, it, it's dynamic, it's online, right? So you don't wanna just have a, a spreadsheet from your desktop. This is something that's gonna be out on a file share. So for example, our server list is an Excel sheet, but it's also on SharePoint. It's available for people to look at all the time. It is an Excel sheet, but it, it's, it's also available. So as somebody updates it, it gets updated. And you know, when Power BI goes every day out there, it gets the new information, BROPS. BROPS is updated dynamically uh, every second, right? Um, you know, I think they're, for somebody really smart, we might be able to ha connect Power BI into the APIs of BROPS and get it uh, straight from it. But yeah, I'm not really great at APIs, so I take the easy route, which is super simple and also very useful. It's just have it send a daily report in a CSV format straight to a file share. That way, it's always there, daily updates, you know, and, and um, you know, it's just, uh, it's easy file share, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, Power BI can handle that. Our patching database. Well, it's in a, it's a SQL database. You know, there's an application in front of it, but the database is a database. Power BI is built to go into databases and get the information. So it'll go out there, grab the information. We go and pick and choose the tables that we want, um, kind of link them together and get them, get them into, uh, into the Power BI. Active Directory. Never, uh, never add in a description to the Active Directory. You know what that is. Um, you know, Power BI's uh, got a built-in Active Directory kind of tool where it can go in and get the information, much like um, SQL. So once we have the data in there, what do we do with it? <clears throat> well, the data, as you pull it in uh, in a raw format, it might not might need to be tweaked a little bit. Um, let's just say the server list. Um, is a spreadsheet, but it has multiple sheets and we need more than one of them. So you can take the individual sheets and merge them together. Uh, so that it brings the, it discovers them, brings them together and then puts them together into one list, sort of a master list, so to speak. Same with VROPS, you know, VROPS is great. You can, you can pull a report, but you're kind of limited in the reports to VM report or data store report or host report, right? Well, when we're talking about servers, we don't want just some servers. We want all the servers in this report. So we have a, a VM report and then we have a host report. Um, that should cover almost all of our servers, right? Uh, so we, we get them and we jam them together into the, and kind of combine the reports together. Um, that way we're working with less sheets in Power BI, but it's, it's what you could do. So once we have this all together, we got the data. So now we have to link it. Um, as I said, uh, the common thread that we saw in the, the previous slide was uh, our server name. Um, every, everything that we have, all the tools all kind of come back to a server name. They all have that available uh, somewhere in there. They might not be the same I guess way, you know, they, they might look a little different, but if we get close, we can make it work. And I'll show you, I'll go into a little more detail about that in a second. So, you know, with Power BI, you link the, the, all the tables together via the server name, uh, and that'll allow us to filter and, and kind of put the data together uh, in the visualizations, which is where we end up. This is what we want. This is the fun part. We build our reports, our dashboards, um, you know, with the graphs and everything. If you've ever seen anything Power BI, it's all interactive. Um, it's on demand immediately. Uh, you click a button, you get it, and you can export it. Somebody wants that um, patching data, you know, patching report I talked about earlier. Our security team says, hey, I want to know which teams are not patching their servers. I can have this report to them in five minutes. Um, you know, all customized, all uh, with uh, the servers, with what patches are missing, um, and uh, you know, and who uh, who's in charge of them, as well as some other information as to what the server does. It might say, well, you know, I see this team has a lot of servers, but they're not important, are they? Like, well, you know, it's only our main document management system. I think that's kind of important. So. All right, 
sort of a, an example of what, um, what Power BI can do. And this is sort of the first hurdle that I got to. I, 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 I mentioned in the previous slide, um, you know, it's, so we get the, the server name and we know that it's, it, the server names are there, but I mean, is it really, is it all the same? Do, do, does every tool have the server name the same way? No, it's different. Why, why is it different? Well, I mean, the custom spreadsheet, you know, it, it, it's our, our stuff, it's manually entered. Well, I mean, we're humans, right? We might flub it a little bit. So we might have capital letter here, capital letter there. Um, so it's not always consistent. VROPS, VROPS is a little more consistent. It's consistent, but it's only consistent to what we uh, put in, uh, in VMware, right? Uh, vCenter. So it has the same problem. I gave you two different examples. One has a, um, you know, some capital letters, some lowercase letters. The VROPS is all lowercase. Now that might work out okay. You know, so a lot of programs will allow either capital and lowercase and they might still be able to figure it out. Well, maybe not for patching a database. Our patching database has everything in the fully qualified domain name. Now that won't work. Um, you know, those names are not the same. Active Directory, similar problem. It might be all capital letters. In fact, now that I'm looking at this, it, it might actually be the container name when you pull it from Active Directory. So it has a similar problem to what the fully qualified domain name there. So, so what do we do? Well, this is where you use uh, Power Query. This is part of the tool of when you bring the data together, bring it into Power BI in a, in a dynamic format, um, you can manipulate the data to do what you want. So these are, these are really simple. This is a really simple explanation of what you can do, but it just goes to show how powerful it is uh, right out of the gate. Um, these are literally right click on the column and tell it to do upper. So I think it's called actually upper and it'll change all the, the letters in that particular column to an uppercase or lowercase if you'd rather do that. Uh, what about the fully qualified domain name? Well, it's, it's really simple if you split the columns. So uh, as long as the servers are uh, consistent with um, the server name being a full name and then dot fully qualified domain dot com, we know that we can split it by delimiter. This is how I did it. Um, if you have a period in the, your server names elsewhere, it might get a little more complicated. <laughs> but uh, this is a, just as an example. Um, you can split it. You can uh, get rid of the uh, fully qualified domain name.com piece because you don't need it anymore. And now you've got the server name. And then you can say uppercase it so that when we have the um, end result that all the server names are now the short name of the server, all capital letters. That way, when we start to link them together, they are exactly the same across the board. Um, you know, and that's my environment. Uh, it worked out that way. You know, it, it wasn't perfect. Um, what do we have? We have, you know, VMware, you can put anything in as a server name and then call the server or something different. Something we worked on, you know, after I figured this out, there was a couple servers that didn't quite line up. We manipulated the data to make it line up, to make it work. Um, so it, it won't work 100% out of the gate, but, you know, it, it's possible. I think even in VMware, in VROPS, you should be able to pull the, the DNS name for most of the stuff through the tools. So you can maybe use that way as well. So uh, next step was linking the names. As I said, I've kind of hinted at that. We use the server name. Um, this, is, this is the most important part of, of getting this, uh, this data to kind of work and do what you want. Uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a pretty critical part of Power BI. You have to do this in order to make it work anyway. There's lots of tools to kind of help you out with, uh, with this piece. Um, you use the relationship manager in Power Query. Well, uh, it's a relationship manager. Um, and you choose the columns of each particular sheet um, that are supposed to be linked together. Um, you, they don't have to be named the same. Sometimes if they are named the same, it does it automatically, it figures it out. As you can see, I, I grabbed a little picture here of, of, of what it looks like on, on mine. You can see that the host name uh, is linked with uh, quote name 
in the BRAPS report in the server list. Uh, these little lines kind of all mean something. You can see there's, there's a lot of them going in different places. Um, there's a lot of different sheets there. Um, when you start to get into details, you might not understand this now, but a one-to-one -one relationship is best. Uh, it doesn't have to be. It could be a one-to-many, uh, many-to-one in some cases. I don't know if that'll work in this particular case, though. The reason why a one-to-one -one relationship is best, uh, at least in my, um, ex uh, in my example here, is uh, it implies that the, in this case, the serverless and the VROPs are exactly the same. Everything is included and, and, and nothing should be missing. So when you filter it at the end, the only things that show are, are stuff that are shared between the two. So if there are if something in the server list and not in the VROPS report, it will not show up in the report. Um, what I've done with that information is did an opposite table sort of thing is, hey, is there anything in this particular list that is not in the other list? And it, 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 it sort of um, sort of an anti table, right? anti-join, so to speak. It, 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 it presents the information that's not in the other report. And that allows me to audit um, the reports. This gives me comfort to say that, hey, somebody built a server. It's showing up in our VROPS report, but they did not put it in our server list. So somebody go out there and fix that right now so that we get, make sure all of our data is there and we're reporting on all the servers. Um, that, that, that was a game changer for me. Um, I think, I think something like that deserves a, a separate blog post because um, I, I can't go into details with that on this uh, particular presentation, but um, it's something I think I should show up how, how I did it. So the other, um, the other trick to making this work, because when you have spreadsheets, uh, you know with spreadsheets, there's always columns or rows at the end that are blank. So when you pull them in, Power BI doesn't necessarily know that they're supposed to be blank. So you have to, you kind of have to filter the, the, the empty rows out and duplicates out. That's really easy with Power BI. It's, it's a right click and, and uh, filter out. So, but um, those things are kind of important with this. So, so I, I made uh, sure to tweet that you promised a blog post. Don't worry about it. <laughs> thanks, thanks Ariel. I, uh, <laughs> I figured you would uh, remind me about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, for some reason, uh, clicking on something else, my chat window popped up, and uh, Tug knows uh, who uh, who my favorite player was at the time. <clears throat> so results. What do we got? So now that we have everything linked together, what, what can we do with it? And this is where I'll, I will show you uh, what I can do. I just figured I'd put it on here in uh, text anyway. Um, this, is, you know, this is where you create the dashboards, your interactive reports, um, using all the properties of the data sets, any of them, right? Uh, now that it's all linked together, you can use almost all the data that's there. Um, how you put it together is how you want it. Uh, you know, it's kind of up to you and your uh, imagination at that point. So we can combine the dynamic data from VROPS uh, with the personalized data from our spreadsheet and, you know, to include it, as I said. Um, the filtering the patching reports by owner, um, it, it's powerful. It, it, it really helps. Uh, filter by power state. So this is, this is a really good one for us, too. Um, this, this is a big problem with my uh, manual power, my manual spreadsheet. Uh, I don't always know when somebody turns a server off. I might get a ticket a little while later saying, hey, we shut this off. Can you get rid of it? That's good. Then, then, we, then we can act on it. But if, you know, but you know, these, these servers were showing up in our reports and then I have to look and chase it down and say, wait, these servers aren't even powered on. Who powered these off? Um, so at least with that is, power, uh, you know, VROPS knows when a server's turned off. Uh, so I created a filter on all my reports that, hey, only show the powered on servers. I don't care about servers that are uh, uh, about patching servers that aren't powered on. So, you know, let's get rid of those. So somebody turns a, a server off, then tomorrow the server is off the list. I don't care about it. 
I'll remove it manually uh, and, and clean it all up uh, when when we when we go about doing that decomping it officially. So that was uh, uh, that was a powerful thing for us. Uh, filter by location. Uh, hey, you, we've got multiple data centers. We can uh, you know say, well, I only want to look at our West Coast data center. Okay, well here here's all the servers in the West Coast data center. Um, you know something like that simple. Uh, it, it's really helpful in tracking upgrades, VMware, you know, ESX upgrades, BIOS versions, tools, upgrades, you know, VROPS has all that information and they, VROPS is really good at presenting that too. And, and you can do this all with VROPS, but, you know, I can also do it really easily here too. Uh, and, and I can filter out some things I don't want. Um, we have a couple of hosts that, you know, I, I don't care if they're upgraded at the same way or you know maybe they're maybe i just don't want to see them or maybe i only want to see the ones in our our, our europe site um and, and that's where that's where this the, the personalization of it comes into play and, and it gets a little more a little easier to to get the data i want um i can have the bio stuff i can have the esx uh i guess uh version all on the same page um, maybe in vrops it's not not as easy to do that so Good stuff. We have a question uh, from Graham Mitchell. Any way to pull in firmware and driver versions for NICs, etc., to check whether they're supported? And can we query the VMware compatibility database? Oh, that's a great question, because that's something I've been trying to tackle myself. Um, the answer of whether you can get firmware, yes. Um, can you get it from VROPS? Some of it. <laughs> so I, I, what I've been doing with the um, with Cisco, Cisco comes in packs, and the firmware is consistent based on the um, the BIOS information. Uh, so I've been dealing with that, but that is, that's something I have been um, that I, I am trying to tackle myself. Um, I I think I can get the uh, the firmware information. I know of a program. Uh, uh, v documentation, which is a power, you know, a power CLI driven, uh, you know, uh, reporting tool. And it does get that information. It grabs the firmware information and it presents it in Excel format. So it's super easy to put that Excel document out somewhere in our, um, uh, on our network and, and go and, and scrape that and, and pull that into my power BI. So I can definitely get that information. The second part of that is, can I go against the, um, uh, the, the compatibility list, I am going to give it a shot. <laughs> um, I don't know if I want to spend too much time because a lifecycle manager within 7.0 should be able to do some of that. Um, but it, it's if I ever get enough time to play, uh, I, I want to pull that off. So if you, if, you, if you can figure it out, let me know. Uh, uh, be, that'd be pretty awesome. So, so I'll add to, to Greg's answer there. There is a way to get like HBA firmware in VROPS, but it's not enabled by default. And I'll, I'll send it out on Twitter. Uh, it's, it, there's a little section where you have to enable it. Um, but you know, one of the main ways to get it is through V documentation. And there's other tools uh, like the S-Build report, which basically use PowerCLI. And one thing that Edgar did in V documentation is that he used the PCIe IDs, uh, the four PCI identifiers, to create the URL to take you to the VMware compatibility uh, website. So the get ESXi O device commandlet will give you the URL, but still the checking is completely manual. VMware does have a fling that will, if you point it to a host or a vCenter, it will give you a report. I'll also send it by. Um, by uh, Twitter. However, most of these things should come with a Skyline Health in version seven and later. Now, we'll be able to re will we be able to report on it? We'll have to figure it out, right? Right, and you know, and as I've sort of said, you know, even though I can do these things in VROPS uh, and some other tools, and I have done that, and uh, uh, 
sometimes you still want that personal touch and to get it right in, in your face uh, into the same page. Um, so it might still be worth it to, to give it a shot, which um, I, my, my, my um, attention's been elsewhere with Power BI. Uh, you know, I, I'm working on some other things, uh, but it is a pet project that I do want to pull off exactly that. Um, you can ask Doug, I've, I've talked to him about it. <clears throat> All right. So this is kind of where I uh, switch over to my Power BI. So I'm actually going to be using the application. I, I do have an online version at, at work, but I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to swing that with this. Um, so this is a, uh, very similar to what I what I use at work. I have taken the data and manipulated it some somewhat, so, um, so I can hide some of our uh, our server names and, and everything. You'll you'll uh, you might be able to pick out my theme here, considering I named it uh, the Marvel server list. So I've got a, a Human Torch server, and uh, I've got a Hulk in here somewhere. So just a just a little fun I had, but this is sort of um, this is a kind of our, our main server list here. You know, you can see I, I, I put in a lot of servers. It, it has a lot of information. It has the name of the servers. It's got a, a description of what it is. Uh, my descriptions uh, at work are a lot more detailed than this. I've, I kept it really simple for, for this presentation. Uh, who's the contacts for the server? Who's, who's uh, kind of the owners? Who's in charge of it? What's the, the operating system? And some of this information is pulled straight from VROB. Some of its information we enter manually. Um, the CPU information comes straight from VROP's uh, memory, data store stuff, uh, whether it's virtual or, or uh, uh, UCS Blade uh, would be in there as well. Disk space. Um, and, and anything else you can gather and, and get out of VROPs, you, you, can, you can put in here. Um, some of it's important uh, provision, like the difference between provision disk and, and, and the actual space used uh, might be uh, useful to you. Whether or not it's being replicated in our DR, uh, that for example. And you can see that this is all, uh, you know, online interactive. You can pick um, a specific location and it will filter it uh, for you. Um, at any point, you can take this and export the data as it is right there on, on the screen. Uh, you can put on multiple filters. Uh, it was our database team at our DR site, probably a bad example DR site. Switch to US data center here. Uh, and there you go. You get, here's all of our servers that belong to the, the database team. Uh, maybe we'll just filter it by uh, Windows servers. And you can see what we can do. We, now we're getting down to nitty gritty. But this is, this is kind of the meat. This is, the, this is just the, the stuff. This is kind of boring, actually. Um, so let's look at something else. Uh, let's track our VMware versions. This is uh, for this particular visual, we're looking at the tools, uh, hardware. Um, so now, you know, the same data over here, but now there's different information. Here's our, this is the, the VMware tools version and the hardware version. You can see I've got, a, in this particular example, I've got lots of different mixes. I filter it by Windows. That's really what we're going to be updating, right? Um, you know, if you look at this information in VROPs, I'm not, I was happy with it. it get, it'll, it'll give you every single version. So 11.6, and then you'll see 11.5. Um, say that and most of it's 11.6. Oh man, I'm doing a good job of updating this stuff. <laughs> well, you, you get the idea. There's, there's more than one version of 11. There's multiple versions of 10. And, you know, I, I know from, from experience that um, there's a big change between 10.2 and 10.3. Um, you know, things that are before 10.2 are, are really need to be updated at this point. 10.3, not bad, you know. Uh, so I did a little separation. I, this, this is all custom. You know, I created uh, a bucket, uh, so to speak, in, in, in there. It's something you can edit on the fly right in here. You can create your own custom um, you know, groups. So I grabbed all, everything in 11, I made it one group. I, I did everything between 10.3 and 11, made it a different group. So I can quickly filter on, on these. So I can get 
this information faster. So I can say, hey, look, these ones, this is kind of old. Um, we, we need to go and, and update these. Um, not so much that one, but especially when you get into the nines, you're like, oh man, these, these have been around for a long time. Let's go back and through and update them. But um, most likely these are our kind of legacy servers that are, we don't touch as much anyway. And you can see as we filter on these visuals, it also impacts all the visuals here. Uh, you know, we've got this up here, which is a hardware version. You can see that a big chunk of the previous 10, 10 lower than 10.3 is, is also on the hardware version at 13. Not many on hardware 15, but you can see when we, when we slice these things, it, it, it manipulates all the other visuals too. It, it's, it's really nice and useful and, and you can get a lot of information quickly on this. Similar, uh, here comes my dog. Um, similar to all this, you know, we've got host information and, and where, you know, the versions of the different ESX servers. Now this was more important to see the exact version, not, not so much the uh, uh, 6.7 to 6.5, but we wanted to, to get most of them on the same version. So, you know, uh, what I found helpful here is we can click on a, a particular data center and say, well, how good are we doing? Oh, you know, pretty good. Most of them are all on the same version here. There's only a couple outliers. Um, you know, why, why are these ones different than the other ones? And we can go and take a peek and figure out why. Uh, we can see that we could probably already figure out the answer just by looking at the visuals here. Hey, these, uh, these ones kind of line up with our, our HP servers and this one's our, our Cisco servers. So you see a little trend there. Our Cisco's are getting updated faster than our HP's. And also, um, uh, I, I was able to pull in BIOS version straight from VROPS uh, as well. I can, you know, look just at the Cisco, straight just at the HP to see, uh, you know, if, if there's anything in particular, are they all showing up the way and, that I want them to. Um, I take a look at a different one, I get different results because, you know, there's, there's it's something different going on. Are you still with me? I can hear you, but I don't see your mouse move. Yeah, I don't see my mouse move either. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give it a minute there. Uh, uh. Uh, oh, well, things don't always work out, right? Listen, you can reboot. And I, I can definitely can make and pause the recording. So don't worry about it. Uh, if, if you think you need to reboot. Tell you what, I'm gonna pause the recording right now. All right, there you are. All right, I, so I had a little little glitch there. My, uh, my wireless mouse just stopped working for a minute. I have never had that happen here. You got a brand new battery. Mouse. Yeah, well, it's a brand new battery and everything, but I guess I'll, I guess I'll do that tomorrow. For now, it seems to be working again. So, but yeah, as as I was saying, as I click through these things, and it actually clicks. <laughs> yep, it's clicking now. Um, you know, you, you can see the the visuals change, and it only includes the stuff that um, you're currently filtered on. Um, super helpful uh, to to be able to see it. Uh, so some other examples here, uh, you know, let's say, I don't know if you remember earlier this year, we had a uh, operating system go end of life 2008 and I used uh, Power BI to track that project. I um, pulled up some old data, got a, a little glimpse at the, the kind of how I was doing that. Um, you know, and it's, it's super simple. I mean, you know, we've got the data already there. We know that the operating system, so it's just a matter of creating a visual um, kind of put a, a little bit of shame up here as to which team has the most uh, 2008 servers remaining, that sort of thing. Um, you can see that, um, you know, 
my filters on here, you can see that the operating systems uh, are the 2008 ones and that it's powered on. So any, as soon as somebody would power a 2008 server, from it. So this was a uh, really helpful. And uh, I think our security team going up to the time where the uh, support ended in, in January um, was asking me every week for an update. Uh, they kept saying, who, who still has servers on? How many are left? How many are left? And so I kept going into this. Uh, if I had to run that report every time, if I was manually tracking it, I had, I'd have to wake up in the, you know, a Monday and spend an hour just checking to see which servers are still powered on, which ones aren't. Uh, so this is a huge time saver. Uh, some other things, uh, DR. You know, how do we know what servers are being replicated? Well, you know, we have SRM. Uh, the SRM information is available in VROPS. Uh, very, it's actually available in the virtual center and it, uh, VROPS just kind of picks up on it. It knows that it, there's, it tags it uh, saying that it's an SRM server. So I'm able to filter on those and, and get that information out of there. So I can, I can go through and say which ones are replicated, which ones are like not replicated, and it, it gives me sort of a breakdown. Um, I can break it down by location, all that stuff, just the same. Um, this is super helpful if uh, a team might say, hey, um, are you replicating, are we protecting these servers? And I can, I can go in and pull the report real quick. Uh, so it, it's, it's something I've, I've had to do. Updates. Similar, this is pulling it from our patching database. Um, and this, uh, it's kind of got the server names and, and which is needed, that sort of thing. This is a better report, um, a little bit different, same, same information uh, differently. You can see I, I, I stopped this report at the beginning of the month, so nothing's installed. But um, uh, you, you can click on each individual team to, to pick up the, the servers and as the uh, the month goes by and servers gets patched, this this uh, pie chart charts starts to fill out a little bit. Uh, some other one, group policy location, or yeah. So I'm tracking different um, uh, different servers in different operate uh, OUs, I guess. Uh, you know, and our OUs are kind of tied pretty close to group policies, um, and maybe they're on different security levels. Uh, some are more hardened than others and our security team's always saying, hey, where, where is this server? Uh, which servers are only at security level, uh, these are all made up names, but uh, security level five as opposed to, to 10. And I can go in here and kind of pull a, you know, pull a quick report and, and send it over to them saying, these are the servers on it. Follow up with teams to uh, get them to move uh, their servers into a, a different OU uh, and, and, and harden the servers, get, get more secure, that sort of thing. So, so that, uh, that's sort of it. Um, like I said, I, I do have a, like an error list that I use to um, uh, sort of audit my servers that, like I said, that uh, I think that sort of is, is what I, uh, I want to break that out to a different blog, maybe. Uh, Ariel will remind me. Oh, you're, you're saying there's a second blog <laughs> And just to give you a kind of, no, that's the same one. But <laughs> to give you a little glimpse into my, you know, my list here, uh, these are the different, all the different data sources. Some of them are kind of linked together with, with, with different things, but you can see they all sort of come back to, to, to one master list. Um, uh, and they all kind of work together. Um, and, and that's why I, I'm able to show all this different information. So I've got information from Active Directory. I've got information from patching databases. I've got, you know, uh, my server list VROPS information. Uh, I, you know, I, I haven't shown it because I don't, I'm not really using it yet, but I, I'm pulling information from my uh, backup software um, so that it can tell me if a server was backed up properly last night or not. I haven't tweaked that one, so I didn't show it, but um, you know, it, it's basically what do you what do you have out there? Um, what what can you pull in? It, it, it's up. It's it's your imagination at this point. How long did it take you from the moment you said, "Okay, maybe I can do this in Power BI," to get to this point? Months. Um, I wasn't the one that came up with it in 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 my uh, yeah. 
at work. Um, I, uh, our desktop manager was using it before I was. Um, and he was, uh, he was doing some really, really awesome things with it. And, uh, you know, I was just complaining about my lack of asset management, the lack of an asset database, right? Um, it, it was really starting to hurt. And then, uh, you know, he's like, well, you know, maybe we can, you know, it's like, if only I could combine these two things. He's like, hey, I've got a program for you. <laughs> and he showed me what he was doing with Power BI. Um, and the cool thing with Power BI is you don't, you don't need to, you don't need to understand it. Um, there's a lot of getting started videos out there that uh, are really good for um, to, to get started. Uh, they are, there's a lot of very, very 101 type videos. They walk you through here, do this, click on this, click on that. Here, this is your first data, data uh, set. Um, and, and, and it was, it was really good. It, it's not a hard program to, to use. Uh, it gets real deep quickly. Um, and there's some, there were some things I really struggled with, uh, at some points, but it was, it was fun. Uh, this is, this was a lot of fun. This was uh, something that I, I really grasped. I love graphs. I love visuals. I love reports. I like Excel <laughs> and this is like Excel on steroids. So, so let, let me ask you this. So the infrastructure to run this, is this, you download Power BI from the Microsoft website and probably your Office 365 license has, has, has a Power BI license and then you run it on your machine. Um, and you pull the reports. Is there a way? Because I know, I think, and, and you're the expert here. Power BI has like an like an online mode, right? So, is there a way to actually have this either run on your machine and then post it somewhere that people can go and pull their own reports, or or can it actually like run on a server? And I have I have no idea. But how can I get people to run their own reports instead of asking me to run them? Yes. Yeah. So what you're looking at on my screen here is, is a, uh, is a client installed on my laptop. Uh, but we have a power BI server in our environment. We were lucky that we have the full suite and it's an on-prem thing, but power, you know, office 365 will do it too. If you can figure out how to make that connection work. I'm not an expert there. Um, to build it, you start here on your local laptop or maybe you have a server somewhere um, you can you could use to, to build it but it's it's this client that you use you start it you pull the data in you you have to you have to be able to get the data though so if you can't access databases from your local laptop you're probably going to want to use a server to, to, to run this on in order to get the data once you get the data it, it knows the data source right and then you can upload it um, to a Power BI report server. And it's online, it's available to, you know, however your corporation decides to have it. So the way it is right now is this particular report is available to anybody who knows where our Power BI reporting uh, uh, website is. They can go get these reports themselves. Uh, if they want to, they can go, go through it. I don't actually know how many people are using it, and to be honest, if it if um, if I'm the only one that uses it, it still saves me time. <laughs> if if you know if they still want me to go pull reports, it only takes three minutes to go get this this data. If if as long as the filters are in place, um, and I can go pull it and, and send it to them in an email, uh, still saves me time. But they can go get it themselves if they want. Uh, and and when you're when you upload it to the the, um, the website, you can configure the permissions. You can configure um, the timing that the server goes and, and, and I guess, recompiles the data. Uh, for me, it only needs to be every day. Uh, I don't need, this doesn't have to be super dynamic, doesn't have to be up to date to the minute. Um, within a day's time is, is more than up to date for me. So every morning at three in the morning, it goes out and grabs all those data sources and refreshes them and recompiles them. Uh, so the next day, when I when I can walk in in the morning, the, the data is all brand new. So we got a, a question from Graham Mitchell. Uh, have you used Have you used this for checking up on DNS or DHCP? Thinking of doing like cleanups. I have not. 
Um, What's interesting there is that, you know, DHCP leases or, or DNS entries, that's Microsoft, right? So there's probably a way. There almost most definitely is a way to do it. I, I, I haven't looked it up. I know that I know that our AD team does use this as well. They have their own reporting. I, I haven't checked on them to see if they're, if they're actually using it for stuff like that. But I can, I can bet that there's, there's probably a way to do it. Very cool. Now you mentioned your blog post, but I, I don't think you, you've 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 uh, shown it. Is your blog post a good way for people to get started? Uh, and maybe just you know, if you can bring up your blog post and tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Because I'm thinking, like someone that sees this and they see the value, how do they get started, right? Yeah, you know, so I, that's that's my latest blog is um, asset management with Power BI, and it's it, it shows it, it very similar to what I um, what I just went through. I think I went into a little more depth. There's a couple things on the blog that I got questions about, um, mostly along the line: how do you get the information out of uh, VROPs? Um, and like I said, I. I I took the easy route there. Um, you know, you just, all you need to do is get a daily report. You can schedule reports at VROPS. Um, you have it offload to a file share and then have Power BI go out to that file share and get the, the uh, get that report. VROPS will do it in a CSV format. CSV formats are perfect for um, Power BI. Excel, perfect. <laughs> the only thing I found that's a little annoying is older Excel uh, documents. So. Um, don't work in Power BI. It has to be a, a more modern Excel spreadsheet. It's just a little quirk that I found. Uh, my uh, my patching database uh, offloads in the older older version, so <clears throat> took a little manipulation to get that to work. So yeah, this this is a good um, it's a good place. And uh, you know, I've mentioned I have other projects with Power BI. I'm attempting to do a uh, I don't know, an application database. So I have a server database. I'm trying to, trying to pull together all of our applications and link them to our servers uh, so that it, whenever I have to consider DR or, I don't know, migrate an entire um, data center from one uh, location to another uh, with SRM, which may, may also be a blog post coming um, around that, that project. That, that project. Uh, getting that information together um, is difficult. You know, the application teams who built it don't even know what servers talk to what servers. So when you finally get them to say, oh yeah, 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 the, these, these four servers are application servers and they talk to this database. Capture that information and put it together. It, it, that's been a lot more difficult than, um, than the server list, but it's, it's something I'm sort of uh, working with. Now I'm thinking of because you know you mentioned VROPS and either get a get a report or or API, I'm thinking that if you have VRNI, you probably could do something like that as well. So uh, you know, yes, it, yeah, it, it, would... it, it's it. I, I can I can almost see myself um, sending this over to Martin Smith, who's probably the first person I think of whenever I think something VRNI, and asking him, could we get something useful? like in a table for like top seven, I don't, I don't even know, right? I'm, I'm spitballing, but probably get which servers are talking to each other. And that way you build those dependency mappings. I know it's, it's, it's really interesting because as long as you have a data source, then you can correlate it, right? And that's really the power of Power BI is that once you get yeah. the data, you can start correlating it and producing reports that are meaningful. And it's, uh, it's a drug too. Uh, once you get a little bit, you, you never stop thinking about using this to make it better, right? Um, I'm in a conversation with our operations team. Um, we, we, had, we noticed a few servers that were, that were not being monitored, right? Uh, so I asked them what the process was. Hey, how do we miss these? Um, you know, why, why are these servers not monitored? It doesn't um, doesn't your, your tool pick it up automatically? He's like, well, usually, but not on not on the sites not on our remote sites we we don't have any automatic pickup there i'm like well how how do we get it monitored then he's like oh you have to you have to create a ticket and and we'll add it i'm like oh i didn't even know <laughs> so it's like well now how do i know the data is consistent so you start questioning yourself it's like oh well maybe i can pull the data from the monitoring tool into my power bi and compare the two like i did with vrops to our, our you know our, our spreadsheet 
that way I know that everything's there or something's missing. Uh, so my mind never stops going uh, with that. So I, I can tell you that the escalation, <laughs> the escalation point if something goes down versus the server owner, that that <laughs> correlation of, of, of data is probably going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and really all you need is a spreadsheet. You know, uh, you know, I think, you know, Graham said, you know, PowerShell for getting the DNS and DHCP. If you, if you can use PowerShell to get a, an Excel output to anything, a CSV output to, to a list, you can incorporate it somehow. So. All right. Well, I really like the session. Uh, again, where can people find you and what's your blog again? Uh, you can get me on Twitter, PensRule82. Um, and my blog is uh, vgregbates.com. All right. So. I'll start recording now. Right there. Oh, oh I went, it went. No, no, no. I, I hadn't stopped it. So right there. Let's go ahead and, and finish it. Uh, no. There it is. Thank hey, you. There we go. <laughs> no, thank you, Greg. <laughs>